Welcome to the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast, bringing you weekly discussions designed to help you grow your business and create the lifestyle you desire. Elevate your business with proven strategies from CPAs and business advisors. We discuss real-world challenges solved with actionable steps that get you real results, both in business and building the life you desire. Welcome and thank you for tuning in to episode number 86 of the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast brought to you by PJS and Co-CPAs. I have a few questions for you to start this podcast off. And one of them is, do you accept any client that walks through the door? If you're operating that way, it could be impacting your growth and profitability. And the second one is, have you taken time to reassess if you've outgrown some of your clients? So we're going to be discussing those topics today. And before we get to that, I do want to address that we will be taking a brief holiday break as well. So normally we come at you with new episodes bi-weekly, but today will be our final episode of the year, actually. So we will be taking a brief holiday break, spending some time with family, enjoying it. We hope you get to do the same. And that way we can come back with fresh content for you in the new year, 2022. Can't believe, again, that I'm saying that. I've said it probably five times already, and it slaps me in the face, like reality, every single time. But the next episode that we'll be airing will be January 17th. So keep an eye out for that and and realize that, you know, we're going to miss the next two episodes that we would normally be scheduled, but we'll be back in January of 22. And if you have any questions in the meantime, we're, we're still here. Um, you can visit pjscpas.com, email us at info at pjscpas.com, or give us a call, 844-475-7272. So back to today's topic, revisiting your client list. To help me tackle this today, I have Jamie Johnson, partner here at PJS and Co. CPAs. Welcome, Jamie. Thank you. How you doing? Oh, I'm glad it's Friday Eve here as we record this episode. <laughs> How about you? It's 2022 and I'm like, what the heck happened to 2020 and 2021? That's for sure. Like right? it's somewhat kind of been a blur and uh, everything. So totally, totally feel you on that one. I know. Normally it's just the year, but like you said, it feels like almost two years have been a blur at this point. Just, oh. It's been a lot. <laughs> so let's let's cheers to 2022 yeah. at this point. <laughs> Say good riddance to 2021 and, and hope that 2022 has some good things to bring. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and all the people said, amen. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. So we've been talking about some things that you should be revisiting on an annual basis. You know, we, we talked about budgeting and how that relates to your business plan in episode 84. And then we talked about financial modeling and KPIs uh, with Katina in 85. And this is something that we also feel should be a part of those strategic discussions and revisited from time to time. So as we go into this new year, I want to get you to start us off on, on what we should be thinking about when it comes to client lists. You know, there's probably a lot of people, you know, you have different motivations. 
something that's motivating to me is, is, is helping people. And it is really hard for me to turn people away, especially if I feel like I can really genuinely help them, no matter if they can pay me or not, you know, that doesn't seem to, (laughs) it didn't used to seem to enter my mind. But um, I believe that people value what you value yourself. So sometimes we all have to kind of step back and take a look and make sure that you know, the things that we're feeding ourselves, the things that we're feeding others, the things that we're valuing ourselves and, and valuing uh, for others all has to be a very consistent message and everything. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we always talk about life and balance and we talk about keeping, you know, priorities straight and, and keeping all that. Well, that doesn't happen by saying yes to everything. So I think sometimes we really have to step back and, and evaluate what what we've said yes to, because what we say yes to means that we're saying no to something else. Yeah. In saying yes to everything, you think you're helping the most people possible, right? You want to help everybody. You want to, you know, be the best at everything that you can be and, and be reliable and all those things. But you are, you're saying no to the other opportunities that may be on the table or your own personal health or your family's well-being or, you know, all of those other things. And that's what we really want to talk about today is there's benefits to not only your clients, not only your business, but also yourself and your family in assessing the situation and assessing your client list and making sure that you're serving the the right type of clients for your business, for your services and making the best situation, best growth plan possible when it comes to all of that. It is. And, you know, you kind of mentioned the power of, of no, but I think power, the power in no is saying no to the client saying, no, we can't make that. Or, you know, being able to give yourself some time to just kind of wind down and to let your mind ease. I think that that's, it's a big deal. So I think being intentional with anything you do. I don't care if it's your family unit. I don't care if it's your business. Really evaluating what's important and what you need to focus on. And you can't focus on 15 things at once because something suffers. There's only so much of you. So really, I feel like the more efficient we become as a society, the more intentional we have to be um, of our business, of our of our family, of our whatever it is. And and being able to go, no, I'm not going to do that. Not because I don't want to. I hate to turn down business just as much as the next person. But it also means that if I say yes to that, I'm saying no to something else in the future. And am I sure that I'm ready to commit to that and all of its glory of things that I don't know? (laughs) Right, right. And that that essentially speaks to the day-to-day that we can get stuck in when we're saying yes to any business that walks in the door. Because I think as a business owner, it's hard to say no to money, right? Like if someone comes to you and they need help, they, they could use your services and it's a yes. And you just get that high from, oh, cool. Someone wants to work with me. You know, it's, that never goes away, no matter how big your business is. Um, But it's important to be intentional about the type of clients that you're choosing, because not only are the clients choosing you, it should be a selective process on your end too. Things have a way of coming back around too. I think that also when you're transparent and you're honest 
with somebody and you're not driven by money per se, we, mm -hmm. money is always a very important factor in right. how we operate our business. Obviously that's, I'm not saying it's not a factor, but I think you also generate a lot of respect when you are transparent, if something's outside of your wheelhouse, you know, mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. that person may be talking to your next lead that says, right. Hey, I just talked to them. I had like, it was great. It was a great conversation. It ended up not being fantastic, you know, for me because it's not in their area that they do, but you need to check them out because I just, I loved the natural conversation that I had, or I loved what they had to say, or, you know what I mean? Anything like that. So it, you're not, when you say no, you know what I mean? You're also planting seeds of, of just good business practice. Right. Yeah. And, and there's that integrity in that too, right? You're not just taking things on out of obligation or feeling like, oh, well, you know, that'll close the gap in, in my goals this year, you know, from a selfish perspective and not necessarily selfish because like you said, money is a driver, but is that ultimately going to be what's best for your business and theirs? And, and you have to have integrity in that. It's not a primary and, driver. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's what we want to talk about too, because we found a few stats talking about how working with everyone and saying yes to everyone and taking any client that walks in the door, it really can have a direct negative impact in your business. And we found this stat, it was a customer analysis of a survey asking customers how they feel during an experience. And 71% of customers feel frustrated when they don't get a personalized approach. When, she, when the experience feels impersonal. And that can happen if you're not familiar with an industry. Maybe you don't know the lingo. Maybe you don't know the industry statistics for that industry. And I'm speaking you know, specifically from a CPA's perspective, but you can apply that to whatever service you're providing for your target market. So that stat is pretty staggering. When, when you look at the fact that 71% of your clients are going to feel frustrated if you try to serve them when you don't have a background in that. You don't want to go down that road because no. your 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 goal is to help these people, right? That's why you're saying yes. But if you don't have that background, you're just going to end up frustrating them and it's not going to be good for anybody. No. I mean, and that's the thing is like really knowledgeable. I'll use this example. My brother's an insurance agent, right? He's an insurance agent in Illinois and he's licensed in certain states. Well, maybe he has a referral come in and it's this huge account, but it's in a state that he, you know, isn't licensed in. So, you know, he'd have to get licensed in that state and he would, you know, there's like all these things that come along with it. And even the things that, you know, and maybe it's a more of a commercial account, which he doesn't do as much commercial insurance. I mean, he's starting to drift off in a land that, you know, is outside. It's kind of within his expertise, but it's really outside of his expertise that can like, and that can really start to impact your other business because, you know, just the unknowns, the unknowns of the state rules, the unknowns of, you know what I mean? The commercial side of everything. So, well, and you think about the time investment of doing all of those totally. things too, you know, when yeah. you start to stray too far off of what you're used to and what you know, which you've spent years and years of experience, right? Gaining all right. of this experience in working with attorneys. Why would you now start from scratch and go off and try to work in retail when it's going to take years and years for that one client, 
you know, so you can make a lot more of more use of your experience and knowledge that you have when you just stick with the niche that you know, instead of trying to veer off and go, oh, shiny, you know, that's the next shiny best thing. <laughs> it's it's I hard feel to- like the mom sometimes, you know, squirrel, squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly what it's like though right when you yeah. when you start straying yeah. from and you or you don't have maybe you don't even have an idea of mm-hmm. a niche and you just like we said are taking anybody that walks through the door that's what it becomes squirrel mm-hmm. squirrel yeah. <laughs> so so I guess the next question then becomes how do you start to streamline your clients if you haven't done this process or maybe you haven't done it in five years Maybe, you know, you need to revisit it. How do you go about doing that? Well, you know, we at PGS, we actually started with what's called a Pareto analysis. And we kind of flipped our clients and, you know, based on like annual revenue and hours worked and really did some deep dive into where our time and where our money was coming in. So time out and cash in. (laughs) analysis, you know, and everything, but it really gave us a really good list and an idea of like what trends and, and the analysis has taken shape over time. You want it to look like a triangle, an upside down triangle, right? Because the most client, the clients with this, obviously that's bringing in the most money is should have the most hours, obviously. Right. Okay. But sometimes you look at it and you go, oh my gosh, like they're paying me a thousand dollars a year and they're taking up 40, 40 hours of my, of my year. Like that's, you know, is that what I want? Is that what I, is that really worth it? And you, you know, you look back and I think you really have to analyze this on, on a case by case basis. So I would encourage you first, like to, to even see what you have to give your book of business, to get an idea, to understand the value, um, the monetary value, the time value of, of what you're putting into your clients and everything. So we talk about profitability, you know, once again, go back, maybe you're, that person's only paying you a thousand, but they're taking 40 hours out of your time and you go, but everybody else that's paying a thousand dollars is only taking seven hours of your time, you know? So obviously those seven hours are a whole lot more profitable than those 40 hours. So, right. you know, and that's time that you can't give to something else because once again, saying yes to everything you have to mean saying no to other things. So I think you really have to kind of get a holistic and a, an entire picture of what you're actually dealing with and such. So are your existing clients, do you need to bump them up? Do you need to, you know, do you really need to be intentional about what you're offering going forward? How do you transition that piece? Maybe you have different phases you analyze. Do they fit your target market? Um, those are all big questions that you really kind of have to chunk out in your mind and what you want to commit to. And I think it's really important that this is an evolving process, but this is also not a process that needs revamped every three months because you think of something else. So I think you really need to make sure that you're solid on what you want, who you want to serve and how you want to operate your business. You can't just drown yourself because you know how to do everything and you want to do everything. It's really important to kind of hone in on what 
works well for you, what works well for your skill set, what works well for your family, what, you know, all of those things. So take time to really sit down and maybe write some goals. Maybe what do you want? What do you want in five years? What do you want in 10 years? And how do you develop a plan that gets you there? Right. So I think, and the clients that are taking 40 hours for a thousand dollars a year are not going to get you there. Right. <laughs> they're, just, they're probably going to end up needing more and that's just going to continue to increase because the standard has been set. Right. You know, so, and the boundaries have been blurred, I guess you could say. So I think really analyzing what your business is and who you want to serve is super important and modifying it, but not reworking it. Yeah. And I just want to add from a marketing perspective, a, a couple other numbers that can be really useful in doing this an analysis of your current clients. And this is obviously for an established business, right? If you're just starting out, you're not going to have all of this historical data, but you can still assess your business, your service, and, and what you're offering to make sure that it fits the right people and who you enjoy working with. Like you've mentioned before, you shouldn't be working with people that stress you out all the time either. So, but coming back to the established business, one of the numbers that can be really helpful is looking at your customer lifetime value. And we can include links to, there's some really good resources as far as like how to get these, some spreadsheets that can help you get these calculations. But essentially you're taking the average amount of money that a customer will spend with you during the lifetime that they're with your company. Uh, your customer retention rate, pretty self-explanatory. And then depending on how your services are set up, um, a lot of people are moving toward more of a subscription type service, but you know maybe it's an annual type service that you provide. But the repeat purchase rate is also a really good indication of who your most profitable clients are and who you might be able to target based off of that client list. And I think that's an important thing that it's not just new business that you want to focus on. If you have that historical data and you have current clients, go there, look at that data, because that's really important to understand and analyze what's going on currently in your business. And then take that and, you know, like you said, you might need to make some ad adjustments with your current clients, but then you can take that data and use that to go find new business that fits the most profitable type of clients that you're currently working with. So you're not just trying to recreate the wheel out of nothing. If you have that data, use it. So let's go back and touch on the Pareto principle, you know, because I think when you do get that visual, I think that that's a really important thing. And I think, um, you know, something that people realize is that 80% of their business is typically coming from about 20% of customers. And that might've made your eyebrows go up like mine. A shocking stat to look at. I mean, if you don't feel like that's what's happening in your business, but when you run the numbers and you see that, well, it's that's a very unbalanced business because what happens if those twenty percent of those customers go away? What happens if fifteen percent right. of them go away? What happens if ten? I mean, that's a huge hit to your business. So you know, diversifying. You know, you're not. <laughs> Not going outside of what you know, but diversifying and, and, and maximizing your value and the heat of what you specialize in with everything. I think that that's a really important because that begins to, because if somebody leaves, no big deal. Like, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, sure, you might feel it, 
but it's not something that's going to be a deal breaker for your business, which I think, you know, an 80% of business coming from 20% of customers that can definitely, you know, one exit can make a huge difference in that potentially. Right. And seeing that stratification can really help too, because you're, you can analyze further what's special about this 20% and how can I replicate this right. again so that you can get more of those types of clients and all your eggs aren't in this one basket of, oh, I have this one really great client and then 20 clients who run me ragged and barely pay anything. Absolutely. Once again, people will value what you place value on. And, you know, I think that there's definitely a balance. I love taxes, but using it for more analysis and advisory is definitely more of a driver for me because I get to talk about it. It's not just about this is the tax you owe. You know, you really have to step back and go, am I really enjoying this? Do I really enjoy just like punching out? I do, but I also, I enjoy talking to people about it. I enjoy educating them about it. I don't, what I don't enjoy is here's your taxes. Let me walk through. I have no idea what you just said. Fantastic. See you next year. Like (laughs) that's not enjoyable at all. Like talking to somebody and going, this is how this affects. So next year you really need to make sure that you're, you know, here, we could do some tax planning. We could do, you know, this is, this is how you hedge that out. This is what we need to be aware of. This is, you know, when you're having a conversation versus just telling somebody something and they don't care. Well, that takes us into our next point though, of how can you better serve the right clients? Because in having those conversations, I'm sure that you got feedback from the clients as well that appreciated that conversation and the education that they were getting from those tax conversations rather than, here's your tax return, see you next year. One of the best things that you can do is talk to your clients, ask them those questions, you know, feel out what they enjoy about your services. And that's probably what you enjoy most about your services too, because people can sense that. People People can can sense the passion. passion. Absolutely. Our intentions and what drive us come out because they subconsciously come out because that's what drives us. That's what we get excited about. I love, I love to be able to call up somebody and go, Hey, FYI, did you know X about your business? And I mean, I love to talk them through that. Like, and I love to communicate those, you know, I mean, yes, you have tough conversations too, but then it becomes a partnership, right? Like, and I think that's the thing is when you talk to your clients, talk to them and get honest feedback. I'll be honest. We send a survey out and we ask for our feedback from our clients on a monthly basis, right? Megan, confirm me on monthly. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And I have to be straight that like, it kind of made me nervous because I'm like, oh shoot. What if they, what if, what if they say I'm awful? What if they, I don't think that they will, but what if they do? Like, what are we sure Those we want to self-doubt thoughts. Yeah. But it is. Sometimes it's really hard to ask for something because we're scared of what the outcome might be. But instead, mm-hmm. it has really developed, it's put value on what we've needed to focus on. And if you do get negative feedback, use that to fuel your business and, and everything. This is where my coach and me comes out. Like, I'm like, how are you going to use frustration or irritation? Like you have to let it fuel you. You can't let it like control you. So talking to your customers and finding out what you do well and 
what you want to do. Um, you know what I mean? And having that conversation, it doesn't mean you're committed to that. It just means you're having an open dialogue to better both parties. Yeah. And from a client experience perspective too, it that's, I think, the biggest benefit on the client side coming from looking at your client list because you can develop these deeper, more meaningful co- connections with your clients when you're working with the ones who truly appreciate value and understand your services and understand how you work and enjoy the process of working with you. And as a a service provider, that's really what you need, right? It's all based on relationships and communication and taking action on those things that you discuss. So having people that truly value that, you're going to have more success with your clients because you truly are working with the ones that going to take your advice and going to uh, work with you and, and understand and develop that, that relationship even deeper. And once you've had those conversations and you really understand the person behind the business too, because we have to, we're dealing with people when we're working in a service-based business. It's not just this business that's numbers. Yes, that's part of it, but we're all human and we have to understand the deeper meanings and motivations that are behind why those owners are taking those actions. Because based on that, we can then, coming again from a marketing perspective, use that to build a buyer persona. And that's what we'd call, it's basically just a, a document that you put together that you put a face and a name to your ideal client. And we actually have a freebie that we offered back in episode five, where we're referencing our 10 part series that we kicked off the podcast with quite a bit in this, these last three episodes of the year, because it relates back to strategy so much. And foundation, uh, you know, right, right. And we have to revisit it every once in a while. We can't just set the foundation and then keep moving forward without referencing back to that and making sure we haven't strayed too far. So that's why we're we're kind of pointing back to these episodes that we've created. And if you don't have a buyer persona, that can be a really good resource for you. You can find that with episode five at pjscpas.com forward slash five. And and we we go into depth about what that means and, and how to create that if you want to take a listen to that episode. But in addition to that, once we've done all of this work and really focused on the type of clients that we think best fit our services and and that we enjoy working with, how do you know if you're doing a good job with those people? And one of the ways that we do that is with a survey. And I just want to throw this tool out for everybody, and I'll put it in the show notes for this episode as well. But we use Customer Thermometer, and it's it's a really easy tool to use to get regular customer feedback from your list because you really you want to understand that, and you want to open the door for any any type of feedback, right? You want to know if you're doing a great job. You want to know if maybe you're falling short because like you said, that can become a learning experience too. Absolutely. It can. Yeah. I think, you know, getting, getting honest feedback is super important for your growth. And it's also, it's an encouragement, um, you know, and it might, even though somebody has something maybe more negative to say about, whether it be about your business or the way you handle, you know, awareness is a big thing, right? So take note, apply what you need to. And once again, 
what's going to fuel you? Do you fuel it to let it break you down in your business? No, you, you let it fuel you to make the changes that you need and really being honest with yourself um, and the deliverables in your business. So, and that, and let the other, let the positive comments fuel you as well. And, you know, they may be seeing something that you've never thought about and they maybe may bring, you know, new and fresh perspective to you. So that's, you know, that's how you need to look at all of that when you ask for that. Yeah. Nope. That sums it up nicely. So I want to remind everybody, we will not be around for the next about a month, but we'll join you back next year. January 17th will be our next episode. So we want to wish you a happy holiday season. We want to wish you a happy new year. And before we go out, is there anything that you'd like to leave our listeners with, Jamie? No, just know that we appreciate each one of you guys just listening. And we're so, we're so thankful. We're thankful for the opportunity to be able to do this. We hope you have a wonderful holiday season um, with many blessings and everything. And we look forward to a fantastic 2022 and we wish you all the success. Thank you so much for joining us. Keep that momentum going and we will see you next year. This has been another episode of the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please subscribe, rate, and review. Gain access to additional free resources and learning opportunities by visiting pjscpas.com forward slash podcast.